You're listening to Podhaven. I mean, if you insist. Pardon? Kill who? Be gay to crimes. <laughs> that was the Be gay good... to crimes. Yes. Uh, hello, everyone. It is me, Begad Crams. Uh, I'm very much enjoying Google Translate's auto speech function. Uh, so that was the Japanese translation for Begad Crams the first few Excellent. times, and then. Begay Crimes. Do you want to hear my favourite thing I've found so far? Yes, I do. Baby. What? Baby. Vee vee. That's wee wee. I typed it wee wee. wee. And it came out as vee vee. <laughs> That's just straight up not what you said. Vee vee. Hanashimi. Wee. Okay. Do you want to know what that is? What is it? I love piss. I love piss. That makes sense. This tracks. It, it, it's certainly uh, something I could make sense of, comprehend, and I know where I stand relative to it. Okay, I feel like I can guess. <laughs> There's a pattern here, is what I'm noticing. Yeah, I'm noticing some Josh narrative themes. Well, now you're using robots Josh to commit slander. Is, is Which one issue. is it? Is it slander if it's spoken and libel if it's written? It's both right now because of piss. That is the that is the letter of the law. If it involves piss, it is both, which means I can arrest you twice because I am the police now. Due to oh, your no. piss statement, you fool! In your hubris, you have granted me executive Martin powers. You're just creating fictional people. Martin is Josh's big piss daddy. <laughs> I mean, that's not even accurate. Martin is Josh's big piss daddy. I mean, are you just going to let her get away with this, Martin? You're being great. You see, this, I'm this is what happens. I'm powerless to prevent it. Is is the real tragedy of my life here? Zero watches. He would too. He's a nasty, <laughs> nasty pup. Don't make concessions to her. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun. I realise this is all some whimsical entertainment to you, Martin, but this is my life here. <laughs> I'm being accused of piss. Well, I'm being accused of being a big piss daddy. 
I just, I, I just appreciate that it's a position and of authority. I, at the I very feel, least. I feel like as a result, you should be taking this a tad more seriously, Martin. As I said, I'm just grateful I've been given some kind of position of authority. <laughs> and that, I, that I feel like is what object I object to the most is. It, it's the idea that I would be forced into piss situations. You're not forced. Oh, it's yes, I am. You, you're yeah. forcing me right now. No. You you have forced this entire situation. You've fabricated piss for me to be involved in. Fabricated piss. The piss is re- piss is a real thing, Josh. It's not imagined. Not this Josh. piss. You've imagined piss to happen at me. All the so which synthetic of you is the, piss. Which of you is the dom and which is the sub then? If you object so much, is it the paradigmatics that bother you? Because I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm open to switching. That's a, that's you know, that's an option. Are you both switches then, Josh? This has gone places and we've not really even started. Josh is a piss switch. I mean, I guess at this point I just need to consider myself fortunate that I'm in a position where I can make sure that's not the title of the episode. Welcome to the Indie Haven Podcast, a podcast for indies and their havens. Both of those things are involved. Yeah, they are both factors here. That's us, and if you're listening, it means that's you as well. I'm... I hope, if you're still listening, I hope you're happy with the decisions you've made in your life that brought you to this point. I'm Elodie Cunningham, and this is Martin Rivers. Are we one now? I guess. All sorts of decisions are being made for us here. Yeah, (laughs) now you're getting it. Now now you're seeing... Josh Bryson. You Uh, don't get to make my name different. Jordan... Jordan... Riveson. I'd have gone Brivers, but okay. (laughs) Brivers is nicer, actually. I like that. It sounds very normal. Jordan Brivers. There we go. Jordan Bryce. Now I'm just picturing some sort of weird hybrid of us wearing jorts. On the other hand, though, it does also kind of sound like the name of the lead actor in a Norwegian crime drama that everyone talks about for a year and then forgets. You know what? That's a fair assessment. Yeah. Which I'm, you know, I've been um, doing So I've been doing a lot of emotional crimes today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we noticed, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a reason for that. I'm toughening you up. Because we're joining the war. The war? I was to join a war. Yeah, uh, we, we're still in the village of the weird peoples. We haven't left. Weird yeah, people, we have been, it's not we, peoples. We have, we have been trapped here the yeah. entire time. Apart from the bit where me and Josh were in the Tim Curry time warp for a while. Yeah, well the Tim Curry time warp just sort of takes us and then drops us back wherever we were when it's done with us when it's decided when it's decided we've sufficiently thinged yeah, yeah it's a fickle god it really is it's a weird how entity. did you enjoy that uh, bit of time martin 
That was you were on your own in the lonely, cold, ultimately unfulfilling. But you know, I got to do some puzzles, so it wasn't all waste. That's nice. Um, yeah. So apparently, the ghost of General Kitchener has uh, come into the village and started conscripting the once peaceful residents of the village of the weird people into the war. Now the the warlord has been taken out of action. Huh. I didn't know he had been waiting for that. So was the warlord keeping him at bay? No, I think the warlord was just good, a good enough asset to the war that he didn't need to try and get more people. But now he's actively recruiting. Right. He's, going, he's having to go quantity over quality at this point. Yeah, he's having to compensate for the warlord's absence. Yeah. Which uh, we knew would happen, you know, the power vacuum and all that. Yeah. Uh, so, because of our successful exploits in the War on the Moon, apart from Martin, but they're not going to be too picky. No, um, no, yeah. They've asked us to train one of the uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses of uh, War Academy cadets. So each of us is getting one of the Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, cool. Okay, I have no idea about anything to do with Fire Emblem. Will this be an impediment? No. I I don't either, so again, I'd like to repeat that question. Literally all you need to know is that the newest game is called Fire Emblem Three Houses, and there's three houses in it. I knew that much because of all the memes. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so that's all you need to know, because um, whichever... Fire Emblem One House you decide on is going to be the ones you teach. Uh, okay. So your choices are uh, the first one is the Mauve Peacocks, who are led by Wanky Beats, Wanky Rhythms. Sorry. Oh, did he change it? Oh, it was Wanky Rhythms the whole time. I just fucked up because I forgot. Oh. <laughs> Uh, the Viridian Parakeets are led by Mongo the Big Boy. Uh, Mongo the Big Boy is very big. And he's also a neoliberal. Oh. Okay. Well, you hate to see it. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, But one of us is, one of us is going to have to go with Mongo the Big Neoliberal Boy. And the third one is the Golden Deer led by Claude from Fire Emblem Three Houses, because that he's just here. Oh, he's, he's just Claude's involved. Just here, then. He's involved himself. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just the actual Golden Deer house from Fire Emblem Three Houses. They're just here now. Okay. okay. None of the uh, other houses. Just, huh? just this one. Yeah, just... No, no the, the other others, two aren't here. Yeah, the other, the other two have been replaced. And yeah, the, the third one's just replaced. not questioning it. Yeah, uh... So I've already I've already chosen the golden deer because I think it's Figured funnier you if you guys, yeah, yeah. I I'm going with Claude because I'm married to him now. Good. Um, oh yeah, he's he is now your husband. Yes, he's my husband now when we're married. Um. So, yeah, that's the other catch. So are we going to have to marry them? <laughs> yeah. Was that the implication of your statement? Yeah. Um... That. That's the other confusing thing is that 
I mean, the warlord's still kind of clinging on, and he is married to Wanky Rhythms. Yes. So what are um, the legal issues of polygamy here around here? I don't know. We're going to have to work it out as we go along, but I need you to, to make your choices and select which house you're going to lead in the upcoming war. Hmm. See, I don't want to be married to a neoliberal. But Neither do thing, I, and I do yeah. feel like... Um, I do feel like I'm more of a mauve peacock, just generally speaking, but I would feel bad landing you with a big neoliberal boy. Well, this is the situation I'm in, because like, I don't want to be married to a neoliberal, but at the same time, I don't want to be like breaking up a couple. I don't want to put that in I jeopardy. I don't particularly have an interest in marriage, to be honest, and I'm not sure why it's a necessary component of, of war preparations. I mean, apparently it is. It's some sort of, I don't know. I mean, this is a village thing. that up until this point has never gotten involved in war. Is this what they think war is? Do they just think war is marriage? I think they might have, like, gotten I mean, they hear certain notes. comedians talk about it. <laughs> I think they might have gotten the cliff notes of Fire Emblem Three Houses and, like, based their entire perception of war on that. And that's also mm. why they called Claude from Fire Emblem Three Houses here. Oh no, they they just they already had two that they'd made up from their own village and then they needed a third one to have um a fire emblem three houses. Oh, so That makes sense. Yeah, they called in Claude. Just because he was the one who was most available at the time. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do you a solid. I'm gonna makes go sense. with Mungo, the neo the big neoliberal big boy. Well here's here's the question. Here's the okay. question. Like we are, we are teaching these three houses to do war. Yes. Yes. Can the heads of said houses be, hypothetically, let's say, improved upon? Oh, you're looking for a project. Provided that there are absolutely no follow-up questions as to how or what. Well, it's your job to teach them. It's your job to shape the young minds of the village of the weird people. I will be taking the big neoliberal boy off your hands. Okay, so this leaves me with wanky rhythms. <clears throat> who may or may not be involving me in an extramarital affair. Um, well, for now, shall we get on with talking about video games? Ooh. At some Let's point we should probably that. talk yeah. about them a little bit, yeah. Maybe I'll stop all this, all this war is depressing stuff. Thank God there's been nothing depressing in the news recently. Oh, video game news is always just pure joy and happiness. Oh boy, we have such a great time here on the Indie Haven podcast. It's so good that it's happened for you. Shit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Which one? What do we want to start with? Because we got some topics. If I try, if These I try and look from... at the topic list, it will destroy everything. Okay. <laughs> All of the topics we've got happened like a couple weeks ago, but there's just been so much stuff, and we've not had a chance to record. Yeah. These are and... all terrible. So I guess yeah. let's just start from the top. Yeah. Sixpence. The big news was that the developer 
Chucklefish, who developed Starbound and Wargroove, among other things. I actually was going to get Wargroove, like, I was considering buying it the day all this came out, so I didn't in the end, because it turned out that they were essentially using unpaid child labour. Hmm. Yes. How do you link your development sweatshops? So, apparently, um, the the issue was highlighted specifically, and I'm getting this particular information from Polygon's article about it, Mm -hmm. just because it was the one that had the most information that I could find at the time. Yeah. I heard about it initially from a Blake Tree Jim Sterling reference. A tweet thread from the designer Damon Reese talked about how at the age of 16, they started working hundreds of hours on Starbound and wasn't paid in any way, shape or form. Oh, but the exposure. Um, uh, I'm not vulnerable. Unpaid interns, was that the arrangement? Yeah. um, Another former worker, a former worker called named Fettel Star, I think, mm-hmm. uh, said, and this is quoted, I put in at least 100 hours of work and didn't see any sort of compensation. I was really naive and too afraid to ask to be paid because anyone who did would be screamed at. I also witnessed a lot of inappropriate behaviour. Oh, God. So, <sighs> yeah. Uh, so these things are tied. These things are connected. Yes. Like, you're more likely to experience what they quite euphemistically refer to as inappropriate behaviour if you are in a vulnerable position to begin with. And there are fewer positions like that, more vulnerable than unpaid intern, already working hundreds of hours on a project. Especially yeah. someone young who doesn't know the industry and is constantly like not just being threatened with some kind of loss of future prospects but also directly like physically threatened like it's it's not so much that these are different instances piled on to to demonstrate just how bad this particular place was one of these things feeds the others Mm-hmm. i'm just copying the article over to you so you can see it as well because uh, there's some really important quotes in here from the workers damon reese who i mentioned before uh apparently their job title was contributor with uh they put some fun air quotes around it because yeah yeah although can you call them air quotes when it is a written medium i said medium mm-hmm. 420 uh, <laughs> 420 uh, uh i think the uh, yeah. preferred term for that is scare quote yeah that's fun uh apparently Reese didn't just develop they also worked on the game's entire lore and narrative and managed the forums. Holy shit, they did at like a full six... service job. Yes, at 16, and Reese specifically name drops um, Finn Bryce, who apparently consciously manipulated and exploited almost everyone on and around the team. This felt normal and fine and exciting because I didn't value myself or my work, said Reese. I thought that the experience and exposure I gained from working on the game would be enough compensation. That is obviously not true, but it's a very easy life for an eager teenager to swallow. Additionally, 
there were a number of other contributors, many of them teenagers like me, who weren't getting paid. Uh, when the game's beta released in December 2013, it sold over a million copies in the first month. And yet Chucklefish Management still considered it wholly acceptable to continue using unpaid workers to complete their game. And manage their forums. Mm, and manage their forums and write the fucking thing. Yeah. This entire thing is utterly disgusting. Yeah. It's it's honestly one of those situations where I honestly do not know what else to say other than fuck that. Standard issue. His excuse was that he didn't have enough money to pay people, which sounded reasonable enough, but as soon as the pre-order blew up and people could see how much the game was making, suddenly all of those people came to him wanting to be paid. He more or less told them, I didn't promise you anything, and you saying contracts saying you wouldn't expect it, so I'm not obli- obl- obligated to do anything. And that was a quote from... Uh, Rob Rule Watson, uh, founder mm. of Iglusoft Games, who worked for Brace as an artist between 2011 and 2014. So that's also from a Polygon article. Some yeah, good stuff in here. Terrible yeah, stuff. They've... Reported well. Well, yeah. They've got <laughs> a lot of different uh, first-hand sources on this, and the more you read, the more disgusting it gets. Will, we don't link stuff that often anymore, but we're going to link this one because I think it's worth a read to get the full context. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, so, Stardew Valley is a game that was initially published by Chucklefish. Um, the developer of that, Eric Barone, made a blog post very shortly after all this came out, uh, stating that he was the only person who worked on Stardew Valley in any sense apart from on the multiplayer update uh, where a Chucklefish employee created or, yeah, created the multiplayer netcode and that was the only time they were involved in the game um, and he wasn't aware of the situation and fully doesn't endorse it and has switched to fully self-publishing Stardew Valley from this point. Oh, that's good. He was already yeah. he was already beginning to do that because the uh, mm-hmm. publishing rights changed over on the first of October this year. So just after all this, yeah, it makes sense that you'd want to distance mm-hmm. yourself from that. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's fucked to a certain extent that my immediate reaction was like to like read somewhat cynically into that, but like to be honest, it was. It was the right yeah, thing yeah. to have done, and I ultimately like, I, we can never know for sure exactly. I don't know where it's coming from. I guess I'm just yeah, I mean, I absolutely get it. I mean, just considering some of the shit we have both heard and, and talked about over the, uh, the the months and years we've been recording this, mm. the uh, it's kind of hard not to be deeply cynical about the way people do yeah. and say things in this industry sometimes. Yeah. But it, like, it's difficult for me to yeah. remember sometimes that not everyone's the CEO of Blizzard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, see, maybe worth remembering that most people aren't the CEO of Blizzard. You know, it's like it doesn't. There are a lot of people out there. They just the ones that do the good work. The ones that don't draw attention to themselves are usually the ones doing yeah, the ones who aren't allowed really... to fucking speak. Well, yeah, that's just it. The ones who don't get voices, they're still good people doing good work, and many of them, they don't have choices, and it, yeah. it, they still deserve some kind of. I think to some extent. 
um, I feel like we'll never know for sure whether or not Stardew Valley was in any way kind of tainted, I suppose, by this in any practical sense, because we have no insider knowledge that would attest to that. I mean, but, it's a bit late to do anything about it now. I mean, the thing's a fucking phenomenon. Yeah, and this is kind of, like, I guess, given the circumstances, the only good and correct thing to do was what he did. Yeah, absolutely. So I, th- I think I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt based on that and to say, look, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm just going to take you at your word. You know, I mean, it's not it's not even the benefit of the doubt as far as I'm concerned. It's just sort of like I feel like it's I'm slightly upset by the fact that I've like even thought to have that reaction because I absolutely that yeah. should absolutely not have been my first thought. Yeah. yeah. No. I think it just says a lot about the state we're all fucking in. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly though, this month in particular, yeah. Internet apologies have not been doing a good job. No, no they haven't. No, they have been they uh, attempting to do so... a lot of heavy lifting and keep dropping the load. <laughs> yeah. So, like, just to see someone say, and I'll, I'll just quickly copy this over to you as well yeah. so you can see it for the context. And again, this will be linked because I think these are important things to share the actual sources I'm getting them from. Mm-hmm. Um... The fact that he just went out of his way to say that they weren't involved in the development of his game and he's switching it away from them and he doesn't support what they did, it it's like, that's the bare minimum, but it just feels, it feels so much better because of the fact that apologies for everything have just been so subpar for yeah, that last yeah, month. Yeah, they, they so often fail to do even do the bare minimum. Yeah, this is it. I mean, this is a good, not not to, to dwell too long on Blizzard because as we've mentioned before we start recording, it's not really our area. But we have acknowledged it, like I said, would happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, but yeah, well, I mean... I, mean, I but, didn't even think about how it tied into this before. Yeah, by contrast to the Blizzard thing, like, the, the, both parties here had an opportunity to act based on those apologies, to actually take an action that demonstrated the truth of their of their words. Blizzard did yeah. not. Blizzard had considerably more power to act and decided not to. An apology yeah. with no action is a meaningless statement. And this, this, this small indie developer who developed this game entirely, almost entirely alone, well, entirely alone, apart from some multiplayer yeah, netcode. Yeah. Well, that's why I kind of qualified that a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, um, the majority of the work alone. Point being, they are... You can be one developer and extremely successful and very lucky as an indie developer to have a game that hits really big and captures a lot of hearts and minds. But as one person, you're still vulnerable. Yeah, Your company is still vulnerable, your game is still vulnerable, and... For many, the easiest thing for them to do is to just not acknowledge it. Yeah. Not even mention it, don't talk about it, don't bring it up. Just carry on and hope that most people don't notice a connection. Just quietly go about whatever you were going to do anyway, pretend nothing happened, not your problem. Yeah, like, he was already pulling the game into self-publishing before all this happened. Yeah, That's He could have just quietly went on to do that anyway. Yeah. And... Yeah, and like, but the fact that he chose to come out and condemn it, mm-hmm. it's a, and it's... state, uh, like, fully state out all of the connection, yeah. 
that he has with the party in question. Yeah. Like, for me, it's a sign of good faith. Yeah. You know, it shows e- that everything he, yeah. here, none of it needed to be said, particularly for his sake. Hmm. But all of it is good to see said. Yeah, it's a refreshing level of transparency that, to be to be honest, thinking about it now, that does make me feel considerably better about the situation. At least some something positive can come from that circumstance, as terrible as it is. There's this sense that there's some kind of reassurance that it's not not everyone connected to it is poison. You know? yeah. I mean, I'm certainly but, happier that we know about it and people are telling the fuck off. For sure, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, so this apology neither acted um, as a way to just completely brush off the situation like Blizzard, mm-hmm. nor like certain other parties who I'm just not going to bring up because I don't want people who don't know about it to look it up because it's just a bad time it's overall. Just yeah. Best you don't, um, yeah, yeah uh, didn't use it to advertise their upcoming stuff. <laughs> Uh, Starburn's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. But yeah, like um, didn't advertise how uh, Stardew Valley Two has some wonderful musical numbers in it, so <laughs> we're doing okay. Ah. <laughs> 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 <sighs> The context of why he was working with Chucklefish was is going to be in his next monetized video, so it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those of you who know, well, I've gotten a chuckle out of that. I hope those of you who don't need don't worry yeah. about it. Don't worry about. It. Don't worry about it. Just move on with your life. <laughs> yeah, I'm already down this well. <laughs> We're already drowning down here. We can't be safe. Yeah. We all float down here. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> uh, We're all buoyant over there. <laughs> that may or may not be out yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> listen to Things Talk. <laughs> Please do, yes, it's very good. Uh, right, where Shall were we? Move on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> the next um, terrible fucking thing. Yeah. This is the heartbeat transphobia scandal. This is another one where I'm just gonna have to pull up context quickly because a lot a lot of this was online stuff. Yeah. This is Elodie having done some real journalism in preparation for this episode. Okay, I found a daily dot article that fully lists everything I need. Okay. See this is the thing is that I I need the background written down in front of me because all of the things that I've got today are just so context heavy. Mm. Yeah, that's <laughs> usually absolutely I, fair. I usually I know enough to just start the discussion and maybe pull something up if I need to know a specific bit of info, but yeah. these are these are heavy ones. Yeah. Makes sense to go in prepared. So, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of the game Heartbeat? Because I hadn't before all this came yeah, out. Yeah, not prior to this. No, me neither. It was, it, but it, it, rich, it became one of those games that sort of everyone was talking about, apparently completely out of earshot of me for months before this yeah. happened. Mm. Yeah, no, apparently it was super like big. In It had a massive fandom for a bit. And like, as somebody who tries to keep up with indie game stuff... 
somehow I missed that. Yeah, we all did somehow. You think between the three of us, one of us would have caught on to it, but apparently not. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Did you guys hear about it after the scandal? Yes. Yes, (laughs) Yes, I did. (sighs) May have heard it mentioned here and there. Yeah, just a couple of... The name mummy cropped up once or twice. Yeah. Um, Yes, Heartbeat is a top-down RPG that you can buy on Steam, but I would say don't. Yeah, no, definitely don't. Um, yeah, it's just a RPG that is apparently... It was apparently hailed for embracing empathy, love, and lesbianism. <sighs> according to this Daily Dot article. Those yes, first I two are seen... a lot funnier given the context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the last one is depressing because of the amount of um, this particular yes. style of thing unfortunately coming a lot from lesbian circles because apparently Got Mine Fuck You is inaccurate. Yeah. Depressingly accurate, depressingly common uh, stance to hold. Yes, that's that's what I was trying to say, but then I said accurate and didn't know what to say next. <laughs> I've done that, uh, that's valid. Yeah, this Daily Dot, <laughs> I'm looking at this Daily Dot article, and there's a picture of Mitch McConnell on the side, <laughs> and it's really distracting because he's really upsetting to look at all the time, he and really it is. won't go away. Like, when I scroll, the Mitch McConnell comes with me. He follows you around the room. I don't know what he sounds like, or I'd make him a character right now. Okay, actually, he has no. a Kentucky Fuck accent. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Hold it. I'm Mitch McConnell, and I like to be a conservative man. It's uncanny. It's like he's here on the show with us. I mean, he is. Yeah, oh, he, he literally yeah, right is now. Martin. I'd like yeah. to have a few words, Mitch, if you don't. <laughs> Just you, you like me. my weird turtle face? <laughs> I don't know that like's the right word. Um, can do nothing about, maybe more of the phrase yeah, I'm looking acknowledge. for. Acknowledge. Yeah. My comb over is unconvincing. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what that thing that happens with carrots when they get a little old and they go sort of floppy and weird? I imagine his bones are like that. <laughs> that is so specific. <laughs> looking at him, that's what comes to mind for some Both reason. in terms of the analogy and the <laughs> aspect to which it is being applied. <laughs> but it's a very specific like metaphor, simile? Simile. Because that makes it more evocative, I, yeah. I imagine. I mean, I, mean I'm a, I agree with you. I'll say that in your favour. I agree. So that's Mitch McConnell so, addressed. Yes. yes. Um, the, the whole thing started... Like, not actually at the developer level. The developers are Chumbosoft, who have done nothing other than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lead developer and artist, known as Sheppel, was dating a well known artist from the community called Nicotine. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nicotine tweeted some pretty nasty stuff. She said that she was ashamed to be born in America because men believe they can mutilate their penis and dress in an effeminate manner to become female with scare quotes around it. 
lesbians like penis no matter how you chop it off. You can surgically mould your penis into the Eiffel Tower if you want. You're not going to become France. You're not impressing anyone. I like the Valley Girl accent you kind of uh, kind of slid into as you were doing that there. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it speaks for itself, so, doesn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this... Nicotine said that these were her personal views on trans women and they had nothing to do with her girlfriend's game. And that probably would have been where it had left. I'm sure a few people would have heard about it. It would have been a bit of a mini scandal, but like not on the it's not on the actual developer level. I don't think it would have gone that far. Mm-hmm. Until and this is the bit that really drew my attention to it, because I've seen a lot of people recently on Twitter replying with 41% to trans women and then people like oh look how people like quote tweet it and stuff and say look how silly this is they're just saying bullshit for no reason they don't have Mm -hmm. an argument 41% is the rate at which trans people attempt suicide uh, I'm just going to double check whether this is... Actually, they might have it. Um... At the time this happened, um, I didn't have a context for that statistic, but I immediately knew something was off about it because it's the exact same thing that fascists do. Yes. It's identical to the things that they do, where they quote out of context keywords or numbers. Fourteen eighty-eight. Uh, yeah, because they know that only some people know what it means, but enough people yeah. to be able to get their point. It's across. a it's a dog whistle that the main people who are going to get it are people that agree with them and people who are directly harmed by it. Yep. Yeah. So that's where they do it. Um, yeah. Apparently, the. Um, Statistic, which is a pretty like commonly cited statistic, comes from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and the UCLA School of Law's Williams Institute. Um, and yeah, apparently the attempted suicide rate among transgender people is 41%. And the reason I'm saying this is because after all this happened, mm-hmm. Heartbeat went on sale... If you got it with the soundtrack, it had a 41% discount. Directly after the girlfriend of the lead developer went on a transphobic screed. The uh, the comments on the, on the sale page as well were like just full of that. Just people mm-hmm. constantly posting that and making quote, jokes about it. Yeah. yeah, full basically of evidence that they could not possibly have not known what they were doing at that point. They, they blew the dog whistle and all the dogs came running. Yes. And luckily the word got out about it. It didn't just stay within the dogs. Yeah. Uh, now, some more came out after this. Oh joy! Yes, that, that, that wasn't the extent of it. Yes, there was Jesus more, and Christ. this was stuff that wow. I also I discovered this separate. I was going to try and pull up the um, the screenshots because I had them like safe, but again, the Daily Dot article, which is going to be linked below, 
Hmm. And I'm just going to copy in for you guys as well again. Yeah. I probably should do that at the beginning of all these rather than remembering partway through. Well, this week gets to be a fun surprise for everyone. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd, yeah, I'd found out about this from various, like, disparate sources with various different screenshots, but a former friend um, of Shepel, the lead developer, uh, Twitter user at BeetleButch, tweeted in August which is a bit ago <laughs> and this only this came out a little late from I mean where I saw it but obviously it didn't get as heavily publicized as the 41% thing yeah that there was a secret discord ser- uh, channel in the Heartsoft server yeah uh where the actual developer, not just the developer's girlfriend, mm-hmm. said things such as transgender rights being antithetical to radical feminism because the latter is based on biosex violence towards girls. I think the most, like, there, there's going to be a limited amount I can say about this for obvious reasons and also because, like, Nobody should have to be exposed to the thoughts that went through my head when I saw what these little fucking psychopaths did. Mm. But one of the weirdest experiences I had throughout the whole time this was doing the rounds was this one article that I saw about it that was just written in such a dismissive tone about, oh, look at all these people getting angry about the fact that someone who wasn't even a developer of the game said this thing. Anyway, here's numerous receipts of the actual developer doing the same thing. And it's like, you... Like, not even a paragraph between them. Yeah. I don't understand how you can be that fucking dense. I mean, you have to assume it's intentional at that point, right? They're, they're reporting at that like point. They're trying to intentionally, like, spin it or soften the blow so that it seems less severe by setting you up to already doubt it before it happens. In the interests of balance. <laughs> it's ultimately it's because it, it's very easy for them to be able to persuade uh, a general audience that maybe, well, maybe it's just just a few people being hysterical online. It's really not a big deal, so they're already primed to kind of just accept that narrative, regardless. So they'll, they'll take they're much easier to kind of push towards the idea that even if something they're being presented with is obviously terrible. No matter how immediately they undermine themselves. Exactly. Maybe the, maybe there's context, I don't know, that makes it not that bad. I have to assume that's true. Innocent till proven guilty, etc. <sighs> and then, of course, by that point, no amount of evidence will ever be enough to prove anyone guilty. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Beetle Butch tweeted a few more things. Apparently, finding out about the secret channel where all this was going on happened after... They tried to talk to Sheppel about everything, um, and apparently thought that they'd gotten through to her. God, that must um, have been crushing. Yeah, uh, apparently because Sheppel was saying things like that in the general chat before that, the general like public chat with yeah actual trans people in it. Yeah. So basically. She wasn't actually convinced to stop. She was just convinced to uh, hide it more. Yeah. Not wanting to uh, to, to get into personal stories. Um, 
I mean, I've had a similar experience to that before, and it was absolutely devastating. Like when when you think you get through to someone, and you later find out by chance that you hadn't, and they had either completely ignored you or had just laughed at you the very idea that you could get through to them behind your back on something so important, like so essential. It's it's really tough, and that is like a, a really fundamental betrayal. Another. Twitter user uh, named Octogay, which is a good name. That is a good name. <laughs> I like that it's name. A, there's a four in the the gay, so Octogay. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it took the, took the Metal Gear Solid route. I like that. <laughs> I respect that. Mm. Uh, and the conversation that that Twitter user shared with Sheppel, Sheppel said that she's suspicious of the trans rights movement that one's assigned sex is immutable and that trans people are rewriting the rules for women's rights in spaces. Which is all bullshit turfery. And then she says, and this is fully quoted here, uh, turf isn't even a group. It's a nearly made buzzword used to shun people, especially women, who dare commit the crime of wrong think. Oh and then God. later she added, I have every right to question the movement that's done nothing but regress us backwards to tell masculine women they are actually men, personal experience, and that feminine women, feminine men are women all because of perceived stereotypes. Hi everyone, it's me, a cis effeminate man, having to re-record a bit of audio that I lost just so that I can point something out to any Robert Webbs who found their way into the audience. This is not a thing that happens. In fact, the reason I bring it up is because basically the opposite happens. You get the piss taken at you for it. You get told you need to start going out of your way to conform more to gender stereotypes. You get something that really bears a striking resemblance to the kind of gender-policing bullshit that TERFs engage in. You know, when they go around telling masculine women that they're men, and hurling abuse at them. And wouldn't you know it, it's rooted in misogyny. Hmm. It's like, we all know it doesn't happen. That's what that's what, that's what really gets to me about this rhetoric. Like, we, we yeah. all have, like, quite expansive queer friend groups, and... This does not happen to anyone. Yeah. And, I, I just, and I, like, any time that I've even seen someone, like, in a group, someone might say, oh, I think this person might be trans. All of the trans people in that group will come along and say, that's not something for you to, like, theorise about. Yeah. Or, like, even consider, because it's not your place yeah. to talk about. Yeah. No trans people are doing this. It's just a bullshit. And the the phrasing of it for me was really telling as well. The uh the wrong the use of the word wrong think. It's it's yeah. it's it's the rhetoric of, of right wing conspiracy theories. It's the exact phraseology they use, the exact kind of ways they talk about things, the exact same logic. It's all there. The signs of are, are contained in the language and it is really unsettling to see that just come out out of nowhere um this daily dot article ends with a bunch of um testimonials from people who were affected mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And this kind of ties in with the theme of everything we talked about with the Stardew Valley person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's apparently an artist named Sill, who worked on the game, cut relations with Chambosoft on September 24th uh, due to all this. Yeah. And the composer, Trass, uh, tweeted support for trans women and their rights to call themselves lesbians. Uh, they said... Working with a friend doesn't mean I agree with all their views. I'd say don't really be a friend with someone with that level of views, but yeah. Uh, they also said, also the other devs don't share the same view, plus I didn't know anything about this when I was working with her. I do have some level of sympathy for people involved in indie projects like this, because yes. it's it's not easy to find work. Yeah. And like, they didn't know. Yeah. I would have I would have just said that I didn't know this when I was working with yeah, her or I would have condemned yeah. it um, rather than saying I don't have to agree with them but yeah I like yeah like that, that was a weird way to phrase it and like I get yeah. it to some degree because if you are friends with someone you want to believe I mean but... especially also I mean it's, it's someone who who has had a lot of notoriety drawn to them, they have the potential to really hurt your career over this if they get spiteful. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can understand that fear. Of course, maybe. Yeah. I, it, it may or may not be that, but I I'm, I can understand that wanna, position that they find themselves in there. I want to be somewhat charitable towards this person because it's not like they're saying anything too shit. Yeah, no, it's they're true. Just like, yeah. I don't like, blame I, them I say that I'd... protect themselves either. Yeah, and yeah. like I don't know if it's just because I like I'm a person who suffers from paranoia saying this, but like if you find out this thing about like someone who was your friend, you kind of want to believe that that like that doesn't mean that the person you were friends with was just some sort of fabrication because that means you've been lied to this entire time about who this person was and that thought's fucking terrifying. Mm. And it makes you so start to I, question I, I can, yeah. If it's someone you're close to or you've worked with a lot, it can really make you question your own perceptions about you know other people yeah. and things like that. And it's, I imagine, yeah, uh, it, it's 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 even more pronounced for you, Josh, than it is for most people. But um, certainly, I can on some level relate to that experience. Yeah, yeah. Like I've, I've without wishing to go into too much detail, I've been in like full on spirals like almost blaming myself for not having noticed due to like certain it's like internal gaslighting yeah Yeah. i've experienced it i think a lot of people have because like it's not your fault if you've had a relationship with someone who is hiding the fact that they're a horrible person but it's difficult to not to think of it that way, yeah. you know, because like, and then, the, and this is getting slight. This is slightly less to do with the topic, but like, it's worse in situations where like you sort of do feel like you see a glimmer of a red flag. Yeah, but like but you, you, just, you yeah. know, you're a paranoid yes. person, and so you're having to train yourself to like, because like I've been called out a lot over the years for sort of like going from like one to eleven over what is perceived as like the the slightest thing, particularly like. A lot more when when I was younger, but like I, I still sometimes do it now. I guess, particularly after the experience I had, where I tried not doing it for a bit and it backfired horrendously. 
Uh, I mean, this is one of the fun things about ADHD that I, that, that, that I, I kind of encounter is yeah. that um, you learn to second guess every single thing that you feel because yeah. you want to act on it. You have this powerful impulse to act on everything that you feel. You, 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 something goes into your head and you immediately just want to do it. And it's really yeah. hard to tamp down that urge all the time. It becomes quite exhausting. And one of the things that you learn to do is a defense mechanism against that is you question everything you feel. So when you see something like that, so when you see something that you later realize was a sign, you blame yourself for not doing anything about it. You think, yeah. oh shit, I, I chose not to act on that. I made a conscious decision not to say or do anything because I was terrified of being wrong and acting on it and doing something destructive. But if I had, I would have made things better Maybe I would have helped. I don't. You start running through this this narrative in your head of all these different things you could have done differently if you just had not doubted that, and it gets lost. You don't see it in this way at the, in the moment, but it gets lost in this kind of uh, storm of, of 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 you doubting everything, and you just you, you you're so focused on this one thing or this one handful of things that you don't see this pattern. It gets established in your head, you know. So it, it... <sighs> yeah, that that is that is a much more eloquent version of the thing that I want. It's, I've, I've been rambling a lot during this, and I don't know how much of my own talking I'm going to keep in because it, like, again, it's like sort of tangential to the conversation. It just felt like sort of important to talk about in general. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, th- I think it's. Um, I certainly think you you have some very worthwhile yeah. thoughts to contribute like, you know, to. Not, not to hijack the conversation too much, but like it's it's rare that I get an opportunity to talk about it, and I feel like, you know, all, all of this is to say, like, I get why someone would be, like, reluctant to sort yeah. of... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can I sympathize. I mean, I... As someone, and I get... I'm just joining the train of people talking about their own issues. <laughs> um, I, I have both... <laughs> Yeah. Some pretty severe anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take a lot of medication. <laughs> um, that combined with the, well, the the doctors think I have autism. I I haven't had a chance to. Uh, because of how much time it takes to do anything medical, actually yeah. get fully diagnosed by a specific a specialist, but all of my doctors to uh, get tested. Yeah, all of my doctors have said that they strongly suspect it, and I, I, I know for a fact myself that my experience is that I find it very difficult to to guess or understand people's intentions or implications of what people are saying. I can't. People have to actually say the thing. I can't get implication. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's bad when people are trying to tell jokes. <laughs> Oof. Um, but yeah, the the issue there is that combined with the anxiety disorder leads to a powerful concoction of not knowing anything about what's going on under the surface of people because I just can't get it. Yeah. Combined with anxiety about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't go well together. Tag team and of the century. When things like that do happen, where somebody 
reveals their true colours, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you end up feeling like it's my fault for not being able to notice that and I should be more vigilant, but then uh, that would be... I shouldn't just judge my friends for things that they haven't done and then kind of spirals. Whenever this sort of thing happens, it just kind of goes bad so I can understand the position people are in when they say things um th- th- this particular one and yeah we'll move on from it in a second yeah. I think it is interesting to talk about this particular one I th- I think it it's not that bad in the grand scheme of things especially when you consider the situation they're put in yeah. it's not again to bring back to those things that we're not going to mention mm-hmm. properly yeah uh, those are kind of past the remit of understandability because of some of the yeah. other issues with them. Yeah. Given how difficult um, it is to talk about it, I think the reasonable response is to just look at what the people involved have done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like by that metric, I feel like it's it's fair. Yes. Uh, and the last part of the last part of this article I do want to bring up because mm-hmm. it resonates me with me a lot. Um, the a, a games writer uh, who was in the Discord named Luca Etoile, I think that's pronounced. Mm-hmm. I have a French first name. I should have some level of understanding. Um, uh. And yeah, this resonated with me a lot because she says that her passion for the game that she had a very close relationship to feels like it was completely wasted. Hmm. Uh, She says that I spent so much time and effort playing the game, listening to the soundtrack, writing about it, telling people about it, spreading the word about it because I loved it and its message and its characters so much that I wanted everyone else to experience it. For no reason or worse, to eventually have people put money in the pockets of people that would rather I didn't exist. It's likely something that I'm going to wrestle with for the rest of the week, as pessimistic and cynical as I am. Uh, Etoile also told the Daily Dart that Shepel's behaviour caused pretty much universal shock and heartache amongst Heartbeats trans fans, and I think that's... Yes. Yeah. Considering the fact that the lead developer of this game, Sheppel, hasn't tweeted since all of this broke, and as far as I'm aware, is the only person who could have set the sale price, I'm not holding my breath for an apology. I think that Etoile's, um story here is the most important thing about this whole thing. Yeah. Like, th- these things aren't trivial me art media is not trivial just because it's fiction it's a reflection of the world and it connects deeply with people and when you're in a marginalized group and you've connected deeply with something to find out that the people who created that thing harbor that level of disgust and contempt for you just for existing is horrible like i I got this with Harry Potter and I've not even been particularly into that for years. Mm. But mm-hmm. the fact that it was something that I spent a lot of my childhood with and meant a lot to me as a kid 
just the things that J.K. Rowling has said that have been hideously transphobic. Well, mostly shared from other people saying them because she's not even going to say yeah, it herself. Yeah, she's too much just come in and say it herself. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Got her money to protect. It completely... That thing about feeling like you've wasted the time you spent enjoying the thing really resonates with me. Yeah. It's just such a hideous feeling. It's like you end up like ruminating on all of the time you spent enjoying something, but now all of that enjoyment is tainted with the knowledge that you have about the people who made it. It's people say you can separate the art from the artist, but that's such a privileged position to be in because like you you have to experience this to really understand it, I think. It's a really intellectually lazy thing to see yeah. as well. It's a complete like reduction of that point that the idea that you can draw valuable things from something that is corrupt and horrible. That doesn't I mean at the end of the, the day same if someone thing. Yeah, sorry, you were saying yeah, no, I was interrupting you, you've forgotten absolutely no reason <laughs> to apologize, but <laughs> like it, it's one of those things where if you're saying it, you're saying it... Like, there's no real reason to say it other than as a defence for liking the thing. And at that point, it's yeah. already not bothering you that much. Like, there's nothing to separate there for you. Yeah. So, like, it's all it's not... It's almost a misleading way to phrase it, even. Because, like, the, the separation of it was not... This, this Like, this was never a concern to you. You just you, you never there's... care. The thing is, as well, yeah. is that the way, especially for smaller projects where indie developers and the people involved in independent creative projects have much larger per person share of the work in each piece, a much larger kind of part mm. of themselves goes into that project than you'd get on like something like a AAA game. Um, in many ways, what they say publicly about and around their game is part of the art. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean. That's the reason why this feels like so much more of a betrayal than uh, Persona's game director putting transphobia and homophobia into the game because of his own views. Mm. Because in that case, it's 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 the director putting in something into a work that's been made by so many different people. Yeah, uh, and is generally incongruous with the work mm -hmm. like I would go to the back for uh, Persona 5 for the most part I think it's overall a pretty really good game but yeah, yeah. Those, those issues are really glaring like they are undeniably there and they are horrible yeah but but it feels different than this like I feel like I can still play and enjoy Persona games as a trans person and as a queer person yeah but I don't think I can do that with Heartbeat because of it's so not abstracted. There's so many people involved in making Persona. Atlas is such a big entity yeah. that it feels disconnected, especially when it's such a tiny part of it. It's not like Catherine where yeah. they yeah. fully doubled down on yeah. it. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in this case, it's the main person on a very small team project. They also sold the game Yes, like yes. This. they also said that. Yeah, that was how it was you. sold. Like, that's not, that's not, you can't cleanly separate that. Yeah. 
Um, and I think something about... I think Death of the Author is a useful... It's useful when you're looking at someone like Lovecraft, who yeah. was a horrible person, but was also a deeply troubled person a very long time ago who gets no <laughs> money yeah. from yeah. it. All of his works are public domain now, and n- yes. nobody profits from them anymore except for the people who publish them, and even then only slightly. And yeah. also, like the death of the author is a really misunderstood concept. It, it's often treated... Uh, sorry about that. Uh, it's often treated as a catch-all phrase for an excuse to not have to think too hard about the biography around a work, and that is that was never what it was meant to do, nor how it really is used academically. And the problem being that it's been spun and reinterpreted so many different ways that people kind of lose track of what it's actually meant to be arguing. Somewhat ironically. Yeah, we've had a death of the author yeah. situation for the creation of death of the author. Is that a French philosopher called uh, Roland Barthes? Uh, my pronunciation is mm. fucking shocking. Uh, but, Roland Barthes. Roland Barthes. Uh, and he came up with this concept because he believed that we were no longer in an era where, in a critical era, where you could view... Uh, the intent of the author as the most significant aspect in how you interpret a work. Mm. That's what it went. That's mm. what he was trying to say. That's what he was arguing for. And he had this very long, complex kind of philosophy built around it over the years. And it's a really interesting the piece of critical work to me and a lot of other stuff inspired by it really and really interesting. And I like that people in general are aware of these kind of postmodern concepts and how they interpret games. I yeah. look at them, but they need. It, it, ultimately, it does cause problems when these concepts aren't not just not properly understood. Because that's something you can work with. You know, you can work with people not properly understanding something if they're willing to yeah. listen. But they're almost maliciously used defensively. They 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 are, they're relying on a misunderstanding to protect themselves maliciously, and that, that is just that's really awful to me i i I can't i mean it's especially frustrating because this is my area you know this is my background this is what i studied this is what i write about and i find that additionally frustrating because i'm so invested in the topic so (laughs) yeah uh i one of the other topics we got on the list here i'm just going to place as an addendum to this one because it's just so similar yeah and that's uh ion fury (laughs) they they yes they their game had some pretty horrendous stuff uh, including having some pretty nasty gay slurs homophobic slurs in their game Um, and in their official Discord channel, they used ableist, transphobic, and sexist language. The trifecta. Yeah. I'm going to link you to the article where I'm getting these bits of information, because again, I knew them, but I like to be accurate. There was an area that you needed to hack the game to access that had the the F slur. Yeah. 
Uh, and then... Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. It depresses me that there are that many fucking examples. Yeah, and then they I'm getting them mixed up in my head now. Soap bottles called with O-Gay written on them, like O-Gay, oh, yeah. but O-Gay. Because straight people don't bathe? I don't know. <sighs> I mean, they said it, not us. <laughs> um, they also, on that same Discord server, joked about SJWs and leftists. Right. I mean, you know. The whole point of that game was it was a 90s uh, first-person shirt throwback, right? I mean... I hardly seem. I don't want to. I grew up in that era of games. I played a lot of those games. I'm not terribly surprised that this was associated with that. Yeah. Um. So after that, uh, 3D Realms, who were the publisher, and Voidpoint, who were the developer, mm-hmm. they issued a statement apologising for it and said that they'd implement a zero tolerance policy for such language implement mandatory sensitivity screening and donate $10,000 to the Trevor Project uh, Sensitivity training is worthless and I'm just, I'm just want to say this before we move on Sensitivity yes. training is completely worthless It's a corporate response, yep. you don't have to fire someone you know is responsible Yep hmm. uh, They promised to patch Iron Fury to remove all of the derogatory language. Uh, their original statement said, Members of Voidpoint's Iron Fury team have made sexist and transphobic comments and included homophobic language in Iron Fury. We recognise these statements are insensitive, unacceptable, and counterproductive to the causes of equality. We unequivocally apologise both for these comments and language, as well as for any pain we have caused to the gaming community, particularly women and members of the LGBTQ community. We take full responsibility for any damage that's been done to the relationships we've put so hard to build. And that would have been fine. I would have accepted that to a degree. I still think I mean, it sounds like it was happened. written by an AI, but sure. Yeah, that, yeah, I would have just, I would have at least just left it there. It's corporate standard yeah. procedure. You know, that's, that's the best you're going to get at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's what we were going to get, and it, that would have been the fact that The fact that there is, like, corporate standard procedure for, like, a small publisher for indie games is yeah. just, it's depressing in and of itself. Yeah. But, yeah. um, then, yeah, sorry, I'm just, the whole thing really, yeah. it's just making me shake my head. Um, it does get to that point where you're just like, fucking this again. Yeah, you've run out of things to say after a while. Yeah. Well, uh, they've changed it to say that they no longer will be taking the O'Gay thing out. Because that was such an integral yeah. part. Uh, really they say, though. jokes at the expense of marginalised communities will not be present in future games published by 3D Realms. However, a portion of our community made it loud and clear they felt removing O'Gay was censorship and could be oh should be God. protected by free speech. it was such an important political what? statement. Voidpoint wanted to listen and we respected this decision. I mean, in fairness, they did say that no offensive jokes would be included and I do feel like there's an argument to be made that oh gay does not constitute a joke yeah <sighs> it's not even particularly offensive it's more just 
but no, they just put the word "gay" in a thing. It's a twelve-year-old's yeah. idea of what an offensive joke is like. Yeah, yeah, it, it's more the intent uh, you'd have to assume was behind it. Because what other fucking reason would you have? And then they like, intend, it's just right, so inane, intentionally otherwise. leaving it in there. Yeah, uh, like that's in that, in that same statement. They said that they're going to still have the donation to the Trevor Project and the sensitivity training. <laughs> uh, then they doubled down and talked about how the F slur was in an area that was inaccessible without hacking the game and was added by one of the developers without approval for anyone else and was removed a few days ago. And then they said they apologise again, but they just spent like way more words... Yeah, if you're dedicating it. more of it to the excuse for why you're not a bad person for this having happened, yeah, like if you've removed it, that's all you have to say. Yeah, um, Void Point also put out another statement in reply to somebody asking about the slur, the F slur. Yeah, and they replied with, "It was a legitimate error made by a developer who doesn't even live in an English-speaking country." Oh, fuck off! It, it wasn't a. It wasn't a joke, a political statement, or anything else. I asked him if it would be offensive in his country. He said no. I believe him. He removed it. It wasn't anything else. Like, there's not a country where that word is... Like, there's not a context for putting that in that isn't that. There's no reason. I mean, the only context where the F-slur on its own, without the word bag at the end of it. And this is just in its shortened version, so the other context could be um, a bundle of sticks or a Welsh cake. Um, (laughs) Which is unlikely. Yeah, and they weren't referring to that, and they had the shortened version, so it could be cigarettes, but they've specifically said that it's not an English-speaking country, and I don't think anyone outside of England calls cigarettes that. That, They also also, went out of their way to hate it, and included it yeah. in a game which already has a gay joke in it, so... Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it has the, like, if you were referring to cigarettes, like, one, why would you do that? That's pointless. For another, you wouldn't have the word bag after it. F-slur bag is specifically a homophobic thing. There's no context in which this is a person who didn't make it as a joke because they weren't in an English-speaking fucking country. <sighs> lordy, lordy, so look much. who's 40. I, I would like it. to also add that it was incredibly remarkable under those circumstances that this was the only fucking example where that became an observable thing. Yeah. yeah. Odd, that, huh? Mm-hmm. Isn't that odd? I guess it was just that one word he'd never heard of. Just that one. Yeah. And for some reason decided to use anyway. Yeah, and a hidden yeah, room. And, like, hide yeah. In, a, yeah, yeah. in a game with a Childish gay joke already in it. Yeah, I'm sure it was just coincidence. <sighs> yeah, so after fun. we're talking about going so far to give people the benefit of the doubt, they then just give us this intense reason I've, to never I've trust fucking, anyone. Yeah, like th- this is why, <laughs> this is why you find yourself in that position now. Yeah, well, should we? Uh, should we move on? Yeah, this. Yeah. I d- I only intended that to be a short addendum. <laughs> it's just it's so infuriating. Yeah. yeah, it's ion infuriating. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what a joke is. Incidentally, developers of Ion Fury, yeah. that's take notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Notice how it had a punchline. 
Uh, is it time for Josh's deep thoughts? Well, I was going to bring up the... Oh, oh, we'll bring this up quickly. I'm yeah, not going to yeah, go yeah. super Oh, it. actually, I just looked right over that because I thought we forgot we skipped it to go to the Iron Fury thing. <laughs> yeah. So, Edmund McMillan, the Binding of Isaac developer, mm-hmm. a copy of PC Gamer article that I'm looking at for, once again, extra info because I forget things because I'm a fool. So, stuff came out about Nicarlis. I think that's how it's I thought pronounced. it was Nisalis. N- really it doesn't matter. Doesn't fucking matter, does it? Not at this point. Um, it came out that Tyrone Rodriguez, who was the founder of the company, pressured employees and potential clients to drink heavily at events, use racist slurs, and engage in other forms of controlling and exploitive behaviour. Skype logs obtained by the site also show Rodriguez using racist, homophobic, and anti-Semitic language in the Nicarlis group chat. This is the one I was thinking of earlier. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Enter the Gungeon designer David Crooks also described how Nicarlis ghosted him on an agreement to develop a PlayStation 4 port of the game. Crooks and Nigel Lurry of publisher Devolver Digital both said after Nicarlis signed on it, signed an NDA, and received access to Enter the Gungeon source code, Rodriguez stopped responding to calls and emails, eventually forced them to find someone else for the job. Yeah, so that seems fucking sus. Yup. Yeah. Uh, get the source code for a very popular game, mm-hmm. and then just and then vanish off the there. face of the yeah. earth. Like it's not like Devolver Digital or some obscure company either. They're pretty yeah. big names. <laughs> yeah. So Edmund McMillan, after all this came out, uh. Completely hotted work from the Carlos. The only thing that's still happening under with them at all is um, that stuff that's already been developed for the ne- the final Binding of Isaac update mm-hmm. is still going to go on it because it's been developed and a lot of people worked on it. Yeah. Um, the Legend of Bumbo and Mugenics ports are now being handled by someone else. Edmund McMillan is an edgy fuck, but he's at least not an asshole, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he yeah. Could be, you could do worse than Edmund McMillan. Yeah. He's, he makes a lot of juvenile edgy jokes, but he's not, he's not Tyrone Rodriguez, is he? And again, this, yeah. this feels like the whole Stardew thing where he's just, he's completely cut them out. They're no longer handling ports for him at all. Yeah. Um, He's doing it elsewhere. And I say good on him for that. Yep. Yep. It's the bare minimum, but again, just like the Stardew thing. And yeah, this episode's really fucking tied together, huh? Yeah, it's actually come around quite nicely. Yeah. Cinematic parallels, isn't it? It's the bare minimum, but. It's given... like poetry, Josh. It's like poetry. <gasps> it's it like rhymes. Poetry, it rhymes. Yeah, all poetry. Mm. Just, it rhymes just like poetry. Yeah. All poetry, yeah. Now, see, the thing is that I actually kind of agree with George Lucas on that in terms of the Star Wars prequels, because a lot of them do have thematic thematic (laughs) resonance with the original trilogy. Oh, that was a smooth segue there. (laughs) (laughs) Seamless, Elodie, well done. Let her have this, all right? Yoda's arc, in particular, um, is very much paralleled between the two sets of films 
especially between Empire Strikes Back and Attack of the Clones. Um, and Jar Jar Binks is my big dad. <laughs> okay, let's do Josh's Deep Thoughts, 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 indeed. Elodie, I'm going to take your crisps. I don't have any. Well, I'm going to take them regardless. Find some. I'll wait. Get the good Next ones. Next time I buy some crisps. And get the good Next ones. Get, 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 get the kettle crisps. chip ones. They're, like, they're really good flavours. Mm. Kettle chips no, are really go good. Get them, some... please. I know you should. I might should. go with a a cheesy kettle chip, but usually I'll go with some chipstick style things, like the little ones. Oh, the classics. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, not like not like the um, the weird spongy ones, like the crisp sponges full of salt and vinegar. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean the little tiny little stick things that yeah are... the ones that you can just like get by the handful and just yeah, destroy and just yourself with yeah. yeah just fill yourself with saturated fats and oils and death just generally await your your death yeah yeah those ones I'm gonna I'm gonna take from you is the thing and I'm gonna explain thank why because thank you for looking after my health I will do that because that is the point and what do points make. Otters, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the otters have always been the objective, and uh, I'm I'm going to explain I'm going to explain the origins of this now. Very very simply, and I think this is the right one. Should be. Should probably have checked in advance, but I'm pretty sure it is. It'll make it kind of even more fun if it isn't. I'll just be confused on me. Yeah, you, you'll be left to one. Yeah, this Otter is the right one. Otter to take a bag of potato chips. Oh. Otter to take a bag of potato chips. It is a. It is one of my favourite videos in the universe, and it's Clever an otter, otter trying to take a bag of papato chips. Oh, immediately squeak. I had with this an expression. Dunelm furniture. Dunelm the house of furniture. That'll that'll happen a lot. But what um, what? immediately captured me about this is that the author is trying to do this a quite frantically and b with an expression of such pure focus uh i also like the fact that this person's able to just film them and they'll, they'll look up occasionally and look at the camera yeah acknowledge that they're being watched just, yeah. as, as if to say i'm taking the crisps <laughs> i'm taking the crisps. just so I just don't... so you're following along no, it's upside oh, no, down it's... no He's got it wrapped around his head like a headdress right now. Oh, no, it's around his neck. That's not good. I can see the feet of the person. Yeah. Yeah. Otter to take a bag of potato chips. He is... I. This is a promise that he will take it at some point because he is going to... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a given, though. The phrasing makes that very clear. Yeah. Yeah. This is great audio content. <laughs> uh, I know some of the hiragana... In the Japanese part of this, but not not much of it. I I've been doing Geolingo. I can see ni. I can see ku. How's how is that coming along? Are you are you picking it up fast? I'm doing all right. I can see e. I can tell you a few things in it, but not too much. I'm just watching the otter for the moment. Well, we're we're all, yeah, we're all we're here all for the are. otter. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in Japan in less. Th- well, and around a hundred days. They got it out of the bag. Oh, got it out yeah. of the bag. Can't get it yeah. through the fence, unfortunately. No, he's figuring it out though. Yeah, he he got the bag. He knows what he has he to do. He knows what the biggest gap is. The, 
he just the can't bag quite, is taken. He just, can't he just didn't it. bring, really. Yeah, he has to take these potato chips. But... He has to take these, but there's other good ones. There's another one called Otter to Put a Chin, which is just <laughs> such an adorable turn of phrase that, like, put a blank has become a regular part of my lexicon. <laughs> is this, like, their pet otter? Yeah. Unless there's, like, sure a, that's the unless there's, like, a plague of wild otters. You can just have that. Well, you can't just have that. There's like apparently a lot of paperwork involved. Like there's there's more restrictions oh, on this than most. That's a fun picture at the end with like the vampire otter. Yeah, spooky. There's also a pig and a hamster and a cat and some ghoulies and some pumpkins. So that's that's the good snoot, and it in, it embodies just real. It's the perfect representation of this idea of someone just calmly and quietly setting themselves with just complete determination to a task that makes sense to no one but them. Wait, I just realised that Otter did not to take the potato chips. Well, we didn't see it. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. Oh, I guess. Yeah, the whole thing... It's implied, thing, the, isn't it? The entire video was the Otter to take it. Yeah, so... Yeah. Didn't the say title, Otter takes the title it, of so. the video really is the answer to the question that the video itself raises. Yeah. So, I won't elaborate on that. that. <laughs> I refuse. You so you're need. gonna, you're <laughs> gonna be that one, then, Josh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be that one. I'm certainly gonna have a lot of that one around because, of course, I've, I, I, my eyes have been opened to the the efficacy of the little snoot sausage babies in the taking of potato chips. Wet cats. Wet cats, indeed. <laughs> the the liquid friends and so that's going i'm just gonna do that for a bit now because you know what i've not got the energy for much else moisture pups moisture pups indeed river doggos josh river doggos josh river doggos exactly you see it all ties together it's like poetry it's cinematic uh come on oh that's not a pissing but it's a good title brute beasties (laughs) Can't piss on everything anymore because I've got your crisps, and they'll they'll all, they'll all from from all over the globe. The crisps being brought to me, Snoot Lupin, the gentleman burglar, <laughs> and I'll I'll have a suit and everything, and I'll have a big. Are like, you Snoot bag. Lupin? Are you Snoot Lupin the third, or are you the first one of those? I'm probably the first one of those. I would imagine. I'd be surprised if there were two other Snoot Lupins, but not. Like it's not a deal breaker if not. I'm fine. I'm not an arrogant man. I don't have to be the first. I just have to have well, a I mean, big Lu- like bag with a dollar sign on it, and then in the brackets, Lu- but crisps. The name Lupin the Third carries some weight, so I thought it might actually be an asset to be the third one. That's true. Like there's, there's a certain amount of brand recognition, but also I don't want to feel like I'm in someone else's shadow. Even if they do have a wonderful anime quiff. Yeah, even if they do have a wonderful wonderful anime quiff, and the shadow itself is quite lucrative. I I may have to procure a wonderful anime quiff in the process. I was just going to distinct wonderful anime quiff. Yeah, I I was just going to get like a big bag with a dollar sign on it, and then crisps written in brackets next to it, and then just a twiddly moustache, so that I can look down at people from rooftops and go, ha ha, theft. But like, but like, moral theft. 
where you're stealing from bad yeah, people. Yeah, I, I, I steal from the people who have crisps. Mm-hmm. Evil crisp barons. And that is the point. Yeah. If you've got crisps, you might be bad. I can't prove that you're not, and neither you can the otters. The... Oh, sorry. You steal from the crisp rich and give to the crisp poor one of them who is you. One of them being me, exactly. And I've not got you... the crisps that you have, and now I do, so that's... And then other people will as well, presumably. I no. can. I would put crisps in people's house. Yeah, and as long as you eat the crisps that you keep for yourself, you'll always be crisp poor, so you can always justify yeah. more. That's crisp this, Santa. The, the impermanence of crisps... And it's what I'm here to teach people. These people who think their crisps are permanent, they just sit on their crisps all day, never getting up for any reason. That sounds like a bad idea. Don't sit on your crisps. That's why if you're going to sit on your crisps, the otters are going to take them away because you're doing crisps wrong and that's why you're a bad person in your heart. If you're stout of heart enough, however, to stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to make the decision here not to sit on these quavers, maybe things will turn around for you. Maybe you'll finally be accepted into the brotherhood of good people who don't sit on their crisps like an idiot and then I won't have to burgle you. And that's the real... Really, that's the lesson we've got to take away from all of this, is if you sit on your crisps all day, you're going to sweat. It's going to get through your clothes. It's going to make the crisps all moist and mushy and they're going to stick to your skin and your clothes. And it's, you, they're all going to crunch yeah, up. Yeah, and they're going to get into your fabrics of your couch, and then you're going to be walking around with crisps on you all day, and like it's going to be an all. You're going to smell weird. Yeah, like, there's a variety of different weird smells that come with flavors, but there's not a flavor that doesn't have some kind of smell attached. You can have a bunch of weird smells even too, plain, like if you have the prawn cocktail even flavor. Even plain crisps, yeah, but even plain crisps have their own just like scent of oils. Yeah, they do. It's true. It's actually quite unsettling if you think about it too hard. Yeah. That's something I could say about a lot of things, to be honest. I guess by definition, that's what thinking about something too hard is. Yeah. Like, is there a thing you can think about too hard and it not be bad? Because, like, that's kind of the definition of too something. Yeah. Huh. I should be more careful with my words. Oh, don't poo. Don't poo. Please don't poo. Please don't poo. <laughs> Oh no, don't. No, Tibby, no, don't. Please don't poo. Just we. I know you're going in there. Just we, please. I beg you. I'm begging you. Okay, he's just weighing. Oh no. Oh fuck. Oh no. Oh, he's pooing, but he's messing his toilet. Oh shit. Do you need a minute? One sec. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Tibby, you utter twat. This has been a cat toilet disaster. I knew there would be. I'm gonna have a drink. I got I got more emphatic talking about crisps than I was expecting to. <laughs> Look, it's a it's a, it's a it's a subject that really it, it incites a lot of passions. I I just want to get invested in something that's not terrible. The crisps. I are, walked oh. through the Febreze I sprayed and I got Febreze in my eye. Oh no. Oh. This has just been a litany of disasters. Yeah, he he poops now whenever he whenever he wants food, but I've already fed him, as if to show me that he doesn't have food inside of him. 
Oh god. I mean, like he's making some mental connections there. Yeah, he's but... going through the Freudian stages of childhood development. Is what he's doing. Yeah, now this is the thing about Tibby is that his brain has now just switched off to so much, and the only things he wants now are food, water, because he's a real thirsty boy, and mm-hmm. to sit on my chest when I'm trying to sleep. So all of his all of his mental energy now goes into those three things. Uh, so like he, d- I can like hoover him. He doesn't care about the hoover now. Oh. I can just hoover his body. Okay, there's actually one other thing, and that's not going in the bath. He doesn't like the bath. But most of his mental energy goes to ways to get me to give him food, ways to get me to give him water, and ways to get on my chest. We could all maybe benefit from sort of clarity of purpose. Yeah. So, like, he is <laughs> an innovator main... in those three fields. His ways of getting food are the poop thing is his most recent attempt. Uh, there's screaming at the top of his lungs. Uh, there's knocking things over. Oh, um, sounds awful. Most, mostly, the food stuff is just ways of getting my attention near his food bowl. So he's not found he's he's trying new things, but he's not found a concrete strategy yet for that one. The water one he has. Now there's two things he does for the water, and both of them are equally awful. The first is that if I've been painting, he will find my paint water and he will start drinking that and knock it over very deliberately so it goes everywhere. Or he'll shit. start like threateningly walking towards my paint water, so I have to get up and deal with it before he knocks it over. If this were and a then human the other... doing this, it'd be like a horror film. Yeah. And then the other thing is that he will push his water bowl around on the floor because he knows that the noise it makes is one of the few things that can wake me up when I'm asleep. It's because he has a metal bowl on the floor which is uh, wooden. Right, so really loud then. Yeah, really loud. And he knows also that I'm especially going to get up because it's going to make even more noise downstairs and wake up the person who gives me this room for a very small amount of money compared to how much I would have to pay elsewhere. Mm. (laughs) So I have to be careful about that sort of thing. Mm. So Um, he's he's really terrorising you. Is what he's yes. Doing. And the other thing is um, he's worked out how to say hello and he knows that that will make me feel like he's too cute to not cuddle and then he gets to sit on my chest. This is the most insidious fucking cat. When I, when I come in, he goes, hello, hello. Oh my god, that's too much. I couldn't bear that. I would die. Hello. <laughs> I have a hard enough time when Zero does the face he does when he wants something. He only has two ways of getting something, and it's screaming and doing a face. And the face is unbearable. I can't stand it. it I, I crumble to pieces when he does it. So that, if, 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 if I was in your position, I would just, I, I just, I just, I don't know what I would do. I'd become an eternal slave to a cat with 
three purposes in life. Yeah, and this is the thing is he's not he's never been a particularly clever cat. Like he he's pretty good at working out what to do if he wants something. Like he learned very quickly how to climb ladders to get on my bed. He learned how to open certain doors that he can work out if that means he can get to my bed or to food. And this was when he was younger. Mm. You can hear him mowing in the background there yeah, trying to get okay. food right now. Oh. Um, so he can work out things like that, but other than that, he's generally pretty dopey. Uh, so I feel like he's just not using any mental energy apart from on these few things he is obsessed with. He's extremely focused. Yeah, he's... He, you'd think he was an idiot cat from everything else, but then with the few things that he really, really wants, he's focused every single little bit of his brain on them to the point where he's unnervingly intelligent to the point where he's saying fucking hello to me when I come in the room. <laughs> hello, hello. He's hello. mastered human language just so he can hello. sleep on you. Yeah. I'm scared of this cat, to be honest. It's power. It really is. It's power. So that's Tibby, and none of this was relevant to the point. So that was Josh's deep thoughts. Josh's deep thoughts. Josh's and in this case, Elodie's deep thoughts. Josh's deep thoughts. Elodie's bad cats. <laughs> Shall we do game recommendations? Let's yes. do some of those. Uh, my one's not really one. Okay, I'm going to get it out of the way. It's some. So just more something I found interesting because recently I was playing the Spyro remasters which I got on Switch for more money than I would have gotten if I'd gotten them on Humble Bundle like a week later because it went on to Humble Monthly for £12 for that and Crash Bandicoot and a Call of Duty game which I wouldn't have played but still yeah, that's nice spent £30 but yeah it uh, the reason why I found it so interesting is because it's so like it's so close to the original but feels so different mm-hmm. like I still have fun with it but there's just something about high resolution that makes everything feel so much smaller than it did in the original and so much less menacing hmm. and hmm. it's like, there's things that legitimately scared me in the original that just are nothing now. Uh, and I just found that really interesting, because this is the first time I've really had that. Uh, when they did the Halo 1 remake, hmm. uh, because the art style for Halo 1 was just so much an attempt at realism anyway, Yeah, it, I didn't get any real change of feeling with that. Going from... You've seen what Spyro used to look like, right? Yeah. Uh, Going from that, where everything is so, like... Everything is so... You're having to pass it in a way that requires a level of imagination just to, like, turn those blocks into the things they represent. Yeah. Which lends an eerie and unnerving quality to it. That's a point I've heard said a lot of, about a lot of uh, PS1 era survival horror. Yeah. Like the vagueness of the shapes like all, almost makes it more horrible because like you can't get a solid mental grip on what it even is that you're looking at 
and that's just inherently horrifying. There's an uncanniness yeah. to it that's like really is quite freaky. Yeah, and there's just there was something about the original Spyro that really hit that nerve in a way that made it feel very mysterious and big. But mm. playing it without that, it looks amazing. But it feels like a kid's game in a way that it didn't to me back then. Which is really bizarre. And I just kind of wanted to bring mm. it up because I have no other outlet for that. And it's a really interesting thing. Hmm. That's something I feel like I maybe want to think about and actually talk about a little bit in the next episode. Because I'm really curious about that. If, yeah, if other people have experienced that. To... Yeah. Like, okay, so if you, if you can send in your your experiences for something similar. I might, I might have a little uh, a little Steam code for a little game yeah. you might know called Half-Life 2. Just a little classic Half-Life 2. Just, just, just for you, yeah, on just, Steam. Just, yeah, that's Half-Life 2. Actually, it's not a code, it's a gift, because I have it as a gift. Um, Half-Life's in Steam. Anyway, I have played... Actually, on LED's recommendation, a charming little game called One Night Hot Springs, which I believe we yes, talked about last I'm time. It's very it. good. There's also a kind of sequel. It is set afterwards. Sequel. Uh, yes. Last Day of Spring. It's called, which is using the same basic mechanics and just continues to tell this very charming little story. And it's uh, totally free. On I played it on the uh, Play Store on my Android, but I think there are versions on quite a few different platforms definitely check it out yeah, it's it, really really fun it's and... free it's free on steam and on there and on ios and yeah. everything it's very short has multiple endings so you can play through several times uh you can get through a whole run in less than half an hour uh i usually just played it a little bit before bed each night and uh the story it tells is very is, is really quite uh quite i don't know what the right word for it is um Affecting. affecting yeah that's it that's the word affecting um and in a way i wasn't really expecting because the art style is quite uh, it, it's simple but it has a really kind of effective charm to it and the writing is really nice and yeah definitely just check those out one night hot springs and last day of spring both uh, companion games um, very very good yes uh i'm a trans person who's trying to work out how i'm going to go to hot springs in japan because I don't want to miss out on that right now. So it's very, very, uh, <laughs> yeah. very in the moment for you. Then <laughs> that's what that game is about. And onsen, which is like the set, the second one, spas onsen in Tokyo. That's another thing that's difficult. Mm. So, like, yeah, it, it's something that resonated with me. I'd say if you want to understand the LED experience. Think of that little the, the game. Protagonist from, the protagonist from One Night Hot Springs even kind of looks a little bit like you. A little bit. If you put glasses on him. Yeah. So yeah, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, play Sayonara Wild Hearts. You don't need me to explain why at this point. Oh. Okay. You've... But, okay. but the only other indie games I've played recently are Darkest Dungeon, which I've almost certainly recommended before, and Apocalypsis, which ain't a fucking recommendation. <laughs> I've been seeing your videos uh, about Apocalypsis come up on Twitter. I've been meaning to watch them. I've got them queued up. Yeah, <laughs> they've. It's it. It's an experience and one that you don't need to have yourselves. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe. So. So I'd say that uh, another indie game recommendation is watching Josh's videos. Yes, watch Josh's yeah, videos. Dude, They're fabulous. That is an indie... The, it's about as indie as you can get. 
the abominable showman on twitter on the twitter and the youtube and youtube i meant to say youtube yeah. I meant to say YouTube because that was the relevant thing, but I said Twitter because... In I'm fact, I don't saying. even think it's the You're Abominable not... Showman on Twitter anyway. It's, no, it's, it's not. Snoots it's No Crows Here. At No Crows Here, and I changed it to Snoots Aloof because I said that once and I found it funny. So oh, okay. That's it's it. very good. Is that your at? Is your at Snoots Aloof? Or is no, it... no, my, that's my name. The, the okay. at is still No Crows Here because I really want to hammer the home. Yeah, there are no crows I really here. want to hammer the home. <laughs> You're not going to get a Corviknight in the new Pokemon game? If I knew what one was, I could answer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm going to finish this recording. I'm, I'm like, I'm in the verge yeah. of panicking of losing yeah. this recording here. Uh, so, a five percent battery. You can find me on Twitter at um, oh God, what's my fucking Twitter handle these days? I changed it recently because I got banned from Twitter for impersonating an Amazon uh, ambassador. Uh, <laughs> the ambassador. The an Amazon brand ambassador, and I impersonated one as a joke poorly, and I got permanently banned from Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, but Glenna doesn't get banned. No, he doesn't. Yeah, fucking Nazis don't get banned. But here we are. That's the world in which we live. Yep, my Twitter handle is is this Martin I S T H I S M E R T Y N. So you can find me on there. I think my current username is Lifehack the Planet with a bunch of emojis about a planet exploding. Um, yep, that's it. That's me <laughs> for now. Uh, Josh, we kind of already did yours, but is there anything yeah. else you want to plug in? Uh, I mean, that's that's basically it. I I did do a, a short horror story for Halloween that's on my Twitter somewhere, but other than that, I've basically already said the oh, things. Oh yeah, uh, do 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 go and watch the new worth mentioning as well. Yeah, That'll be yes. yeah. worth mentioning is a great yeah. That series that took that, that took a lot of energy, great. and I would I would like people to watch that, please, because it. It felt important. Yeah, well, uh, that's something we could have talked about in this episode quite easily, but I really just wanted people to go and watch Josh's one. So if mm. you want to hear about, I'll retweet the whole it and share it with as many people as I can as well. Uh, again, just to make sure that that uh, that consciousness of it uh, stays up. So, like, it's one of the best things I've seen. I I, I got name dropped in that video because of Corporate Man, the Corporate character in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. that yeah. Fun. Um, I am. Um, at Kemi Words on Twitter, C H E M Y Words. Come go listen to Of Horse, Of Horse Pod on Twitter and all that. That's fun. Conrad's on it from the Gemquisition podcast, obligatory Jim Sterling mention. Uh, we're going to hopefully have more episodes out soon, but we've had a bit of a time and Jake is in Texas. So, mm-hmm. uh, other than that, uh, go and eat a cheesy meal made of vegan cheese. Eat a cheesy meal without harming the planet. I'm not even vegan. I just really just wanted to like. It's a good song. I'm not going to practice what cheese. I preach, but I'm going to preach what I preach. Preach. <laughs> sort of by necessity, really. Do you have any advice to round us out? Because Martin's got to go, go, go. I'm going on a good time waster for me. I was in my head hurt so bad, I can't believe how I can see you at all. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, Goodbye, everyone. Drink milk, if you want to. Drink vegan milk, if you don't want to. (laughs) Drink the milk you do not want. (laughs) Drink the milk you don't want to see in the world. Because it'll get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.
Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Podhaven.